Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota is the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. The Toyota hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power and savings with style. Not to mention top tech to help keep you connected. Plush premium interiors and the most advanced Toyota safety features. So, now you know who you're talking to. Toyota. The number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. With a hybrid or electric vehicle built for every driver. Seriously, dear gas prices? Do you really think you can stand in our way? Think again. Toyota Hybrids. Find yours at Toyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Based on manufacturer estimates, CY2000 through 2021 sales. Hello, everybody. Hope you're all having a good weekend. Here is another one of our subs weekly previews here on the Blue Room. Something to get stuck into over the next couple of days. Bit of an extended one this week. This comes from Subscribers Weekly that recorded on Thursday. It was myself, Paddy Boylan from The Athletic, and Mike Diascia. We spoke about a variety of different things, including Farhad Mashiri's statement including the sponsorship deal as well. But the topic that everyone's talking about at the moment when it comes to Everton really is James Tarkovsky. So we got the thought of Mike and we got the thought of Paddy on that. Whether it's going to be indicative of Everton's transfer strategy going forward and what it could mean for the other centre-halves at the football club as well in the next few weeks. Uh, this is a bit of a segment from a 55-minute show over on Patreon. Like I said, we discussed variety of different topics uh, on the Blue Room Extra. You can get a load of exclusive content as we go through the summer. Works out about a pound a week. And you can get involved at the link in the description. If you just click on that, you can sign up straight away. No sort of contract. You can cancel it and restart it whenever you feel every month. So it's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra if you want to log on and get access to all that exclusive content as we go into a big summer hopefully with a lot of incoming players, starting with James Tarkovsky. So here is part of that show, starting off with Mike giving his thoughts on whether he's excited and happy about the signing of the former Burnley defender. Absolutely. I'd be very happy with it if it comes off. Uh, I think that it's a, it's a really good opportunity to sign a player for not very much money in a position of need that isn't going to hinge massively on FFP concerns. It's the way Everton are going to have to move in the market at the minute. And 
Everton don't need to go out and spend. Well, they do. If they could, they could spend 600, 700 million pounds on centre halves and they could be the best centre halves in the world, but they can't. What they need is. They wouldn't be by the way if Everton spent 600 or 700 million pounds on them. They managed to find a way to, 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 to get ones that are worse than everybody at the club. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know they would. But Do you think Liverpool think... would accept 600 million off us for Van Dyke? <laughs> <laughs> if we went to them and gave and said, right, there you go, lads. Yeah. Yeah, they probably would, wouldn't they, to be fair? Probably, yeah. But I think that as a signing, um, you forget that last summer, David Moyes was lashing 30 million bids in for this. <laughs> I, I didn't realise that until today. I was like, oh my God, that was last summer. It feels like a lifetime ago. Um, and I'm sort of at this point now where we don't need anything more than consistency and dependability in those areas. I think when you look at the problems that Everton had at centre-half last season with Yerry Mina and all the problems that that's brought about, I feel like we've had conversations about Yerry Mina, Yerry Mina's fitness, Yerry Mina's contract for the past two or three years now. It's just got to that point where we all know it's sliding that way. We all know that either you sell him this year or he walks for free next year. He's not going to get a new deal. There's no way he can at this point. And if he does, it would be on absolutely pitiful wages, which he would not accept. I say pitiful. I'd take them, but you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, Tarkovsky, I'm more than happy with it if it comes off. I think it's the sort of sign you have to make. If you can match that with, say, a flair signing who also is a bit of a free transfer, maybe one who was playing at Brentford last year and Christian Eriksen, then suddenly you have to make up of a side there that where your FFP concerns haven't got any further out of hand and you suddenly improve your starting 11 by quite a significant amount. You just, you need dependable centre-half. Everton haven't got many of them. People talk about his age as well, where it's like, well, a lot of Everton centre-halves are actually quite young. There is no there is no leadership in that area. You can point to the likes of Michael Keane, but I don't think he's a leader. I don't see that really in him. I see someone who can play side by side with someone who does have those qualities, but I don't see leadership material from him. Everton could do with something like that. As long as it's not like every single sign they're going to bring in is 29, 30, 31, then surely you've got to have them players. They can't all be like youngsters. They can't all be young and hungry or whatever the profile is. There has to be some degree of sensibility about it where they have to bring in someone who is a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a little bit calmer. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the key takeaways from the final part of the season for me was just the difference having experienced heads on the pitch had on that Everton side. I mean, the contrast maybe between the 3-2 defeat at Burnley where you've got John Joe Kenny at right back, Mason Holgate in central midfield and Jared Branthwaite at centre-back with Delph and Coleman on the bench, with the side that finished the season in pretty decent form, let's be honest. It's from the burn, the game on, the top four, top top six in terms of points. The difference Coleman and, and Delph made in particular, I think that's experienced heads, but quality players who kind of know how to negotiate these situations. I think if Beverton lacked anything in that middle stretch in the season in particular, it was those guys and those players. So you, you want, effectively, you want to find a new Fabian Delph, a fitter version of Fabian Delph. You want to find uh, somebody who does more or less everything that Yerry Mina does, but a fitter version of, of him as well. And I suppose you look and you think, where were Everton weak last season? It was in terms of conceding goals from set pieces, losing aerial duels, just not being strong enough around the box. The, the basics, really. Of, of the game, the fundamentals of the game. And I suppose in Tarkovsky, 
there's somebody that has a proven track record of doing it now in the Premier League, of getting his England call-up, of impressing. Mike points out there was interest from David Moyes and, and West Ham last summer. I think Leicester had been interested at varying times. Leicester, of course, wanting to actively play out from the back and play football. So I think it'd be a little bit reductive to purely um, cast and pigeonhole Tarkovsky as, as a Burnley stopper, a stopper in the dice system. I think dice a system that necessitates that kind of defending, but it almost inhibits players. And before then, Tarkovsky was at, at Brentford um, playing in a much more expansive system under Mark Warburton in, in particular. So I think that I think it makes sense from a whole load of perspectives. The other clear one and very important one this summer is the financial element and it's that you've got a guy here there will be a sizable um, sign on fee here for, for Tarkovsky but he's a free agent so it's an easier deal to do you don't have to negotiate with the with the selling club as such in, in the case of Burnley here it's purely a discussion between yourselves and the agent and the player um, beating off some some interest from elsewhere for him in fact, I think the fact that he's a Northwest lad helps the situation here in Man- a Manchester lad um, and he's a like I say, he's a free agent, so you can you can almost get him in through the door early early doors. So he's ready to resume training on on July the first with the rest of the team, hopefully. So I think that if if this was going to be symptomatic symptomatic of the whole transfer strategy, I'd maybe be a little bit concerned. It would to me feel as though Everton were falling back into those old habits of giving a hundred grand a week deals out to twenty nine, thirty somethings. And in general, I do think we need to move away from that strategy. But probably in central defence and in, in central defence and in central midfield, more than anywhere else, you need those profiles there. You need a little bit more experience. You need a little bit more calm and and savvy. So um, young and hungry elsewhere, please. But I think James Tarkovsky comes in, and if he plays thirty-five games as he tends to, there or thereabouts every season, then. I'm pretty sure he'll be a solid, reliable defender for Everton. He'll be worth worth the money they pay for him. Yeah, he's played 30 or more games every season in the Premier League, hasn't he, since he's he's come to Burnley. Mike's got his it's, head in his hand. five in his last three seasons. We're, we're gonna go, hopefully we don't gabam on him because um, he had a pretty good injury record, didn't he? But just just interesting what you're saying there, Paddy, quickly come back to you. You said about the, you know, Rob Vera's favourite terminology, the young, hungry players that we're, we're looking at. Do you get the sense... From Lampard and Felwell, that's that's going to be the way they're going to look to go. Is that is that sort of something that the club are, are going to try and focus on? That's certainly what they're saying at the moment. And as with anything, when it comes to Everton, and I'm sure we'll have, we'll say exactly the same thing later in the in the show about Farhad Mashiri, the proof is very much in the pudding. It's whether, for example, the owner is willing to stop listening to certain names in the background whether he's able to resist the temptation of jumping in on a deal for a Gareth Bale equivalent. And I'll just pluck him one name out of the air there because he's a, because he's a free agent. That's the kind of signing that Everton have obviously made, looked to make in the past. Um, but they're saying that the, the policy now moving forward will be not exclusively the young and hungry model. Um, obviously, sides need to be balanced. There needs to be experience in certain positions. But they are suggesting that they want a new type of profile and there will need to be an emphasis now on finding players who are capable of either playing for Everton for five, ten years or more or being sold on 
at a decent profit. That, that makes sense. The, the situation almost demands that, given where they are financially. The only way out of this FFP hole they're in, if, if you can call it that, is to start to wheel and deal more diligently to, to, to sell a player here or there when they're just starting to decline. I don't necessarily completely disagree with selling Luca Dean. It was just the circumstances surrounding it. I mean, a, a 29-year-old, which I think 28-year-old fullback in Luca Dean's case, soon to be 29. I think there's a case to be made, given his wages, for eventually phasing him out and selling him on. Um, it was just the fact they did it in the middle of the season and brought in a a 22-year-old unproven lad from Ukraine who actually looks quite promising in the end. Um, so I, I think that I think the policy now will shift a bit. I think we will see Thelwell and Lampard focus on certainly that bracket of kind of players that can come in right now and perform, but I've still got further room for further room for growth. I'd love to see Everton do what Everton uh, what Palace did last year with somebody like Conor Gallagher and go out and. Conor Gallagher would be great, by the way. I think he'd be perfect for Everton's midfield in some ways. Um, but versions of that signing where you just find players that are on the peripheries of these squads, these big bloated squads, promising players that are effectively playing for the future um, and bringing them in. So I think there will be much more of that. But obviously Tarkovsky's a sign that there still needs to be a focus on shoring up what has been a fragile core as well. Yeah, I mean, we're going to sign Billy Gilmore, aren't we? That, that feels that feels very <laughs> nailed on, that one, um, given what you were just saying there, Paddy. But just, just finally on the defence, Mike, this, I mean, Paddy might be able to tell me otherwise here, but this this seems to me as though the Tarkovsky deal is one that Everton are sort of going to get done now and then we'll think a little bit later in the summer about which defender we potentially move on and see which avenue sort of open up for us. It feels like they're getting him in and then just, just seeing what happens. But what, what do you envisage going on with the defence because we've got four other lads there who, who, who are senior centre-backs. You've got Seamus Coleman there who effectively played as a, a third centre-back in a back three last year. Roll your eyes as much as you want, mate. He was fine in that position last year um, towards the end of the season. Jared Brownfoyt looks like he's, he's obviously going to go out on loan, but I mean, someone's going to have to go, aren't they? But, but James Tarkovsky, you can't effectively carry five or five and a half senior centre-backs when you need to strengthen other areas. What, what do you envisage happening with that sort, that part of the squad? Well, I think we've already spoken about it. The Colombian elephant in the room is that Yari Mina's got to go. Do, do, who can't, will they offload them, do you think, though? Because yeah, it's going to be on big to. wages. Who's going to pay money for a player that doesn't play hardly any football matches? I, I, I could easily see a situation where he stays for another year and somebody else moves on. Me too, absolutely. Well, that's I think that that is the aim. To, in an ideal world, you get Yeri Mina off the way he's built because, do you know what? He's absolutely excellent when he's fit. You just can't rely on that. We had the one season where he played a fair few games and that was it. The rest of his time has literally been bit part, just fits and starts and ever not in a position to do that right now. I think the the ideal scenario is that Yeri Mina goes this summer and you get maybe around 10 million for him, something, just a chunk of cash, anything that can just reimburse something. If not, then I think you're probably looking at maybe Michael Keane. I think Michael Keane's the other one that possibly clubs would be thick enough to take off us. The I think of all the clubs that are out there that 
Mason Holgate still has a little bit of the walk about him. Alice, that lovely left foot of control and finish. I know, I know, and the law we'll always we'll always have that, won't we? But we'll also always have the everything else. Um, and I think that with Keane, it's sort of that point now. How old is he now? He's got to be about what thirty ish. 29, I'd say. He must be about the same yeah. age as Tarkovsky, I'd say, yeah. So it's, it's another one where it's like, again, he's that sort of age where we've spoken about it for years and years and years. Everton have got to know when to sell, when to let go and when to say goodbye. And these players, I think that when they do reach about 29, 30, and they maybe got a couple of years left on a deal, maybe two or three years, okay, fine, cash in, off he goes. Maybe get a bit of half decent cash on, who knows, 10 to 15 again, off you go. Maybe go to like I don't know Palace or somewhere, somewhere linked to West Ham as well, hasn't he? I think. Yeah, so just somewhere that will take him. Brilliant, yeah, great. But I do think that it'll be one of those two that goes because when you look at age profiles and all those sorts of things, at least Mason Holgate still has a bit of growth to go. Again, he was more dependable towards the end of last season. He did stand up and he actually put a good shift in. And you would say that long term, there's probably more profitability to be gained from Mason Holgate than there is from Michael Keane and from Yerry Mina. So they're the two that I do think would be the first priority to get out the door. But it's it's a tough one with that area because because the room in general is so young when you look at the likes of Godfrey and Brantwaite and still Holgate, it's like the core of players there, they still do need that level of leadership. So if you do get rid of Yerry Mina, who obviously is a very popular figure in the Jackson room, that's going to leave a massive vacuum when it comes to that leadership thing. But that's why, again, Michael Keane seemed pretty perfect to me because just doesn't give off that vibe. He doesn't really give off that massive vibe that everyone's going to go, bloody hell, we're really missing that big black hole that is Michael Keane's personality in the dressing room, aren't we? I just, I'm not getting that, I'll be honest with you. And as someone who is also quite dull, that's fine. We're, we're allowed to be, <laughs> what we do. But yeah, um, he would. That, that would be my, my port of call, to be honest with you. You've got to look for one of the two agent centre-halves to go out and make room for this. You can't be getting rid of one of the, one of the youngsters to just stack up on old folks again. When you need milk for Zoe and a cold brew for yourself, King Supers Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. Open the King Supers app and start your cart, whatever the cart. King Supers, fresh for everyone. Delivery time's not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at kingsupers.com slash boost. Podcast Network.